Welcome to another episode of From Concept to Company with your hosts, Ashley and Autumn. On this show, we dive in deep with current and aspiring entrepreneurs to learn about their pain points, things they wish they knew before they started, and their successes to date. This week, we are excited to bring Arden Lucas, founder of Shirt Was Cash, a popular community-driven e-commerce store with over 3.5 million in online sales to date. here with Arden. Hi, how are you doing? And what's the business that you own? I am the founder and now 100% owner again since recent of uh, Shirt Was Cash. It's hard to say, but uh, that shirt was cash.com. Congratulations on that, pulling 100% ownership back. How does it feel? Um, it, it feels right. Um, I've, I've played with every type of partnership situation and equity situation. I'm not, I think too many people aren't willing to give equity too often, whereas they should, even if it's a mistake. Um, but in, in my current position, this brand is a reflection of myself anyways. So it, it almost turned as if an influencer or podcaster didn't own at least a majority stake in his own voice that that is kind of like the situation that it felt so and is that something that started from the beginning or is that something you moved into um from from the beginning it was an extension of my voice but the brand itself didn't continue to align with who I was necessarily we we had a formula that existed with an audience that just kept spreading word of mouth. Um, so that a bit stagnated in terms of keeping my focus. I, I didn't, when I started, I didn't have an e-commerce background or desire to be in e-commerce. That's taken a while for me to realize e-commerce, this is, this is like, one of my, my taglines now is just e-commerce is the attainable American dream. <laughs> and I really think that's true. So I'm 100% committed to e-commerce, but then after trying so many different flavors of entrepreneurship, I realized that this brand is me and I, I, I took full ownership of that. And uh, I've, I've spread out where, where I'm actually focusing into the future as oh, well. Okay, very cool. Yeah, we, we see that a lot with business owners where it's either they have their particular voice and it's hard for other people to emulate. Like I was um, teaching a course at UNLV a couple of weeks ago and it was a question that someone had asked me, um, have you considered partners? Have you considered... Um, bringing on investors. And my answer was no, because Cardi Media um, really is my background and my brand voice, and my mission. And it's very hard to teach someone to be able to emulate that. Um, and that was, in my opinion, a mistake. And I'm trying very hard to, to grow and to be able to do that um, 
but in a way it is me and my brand and it's my name on the company and it mm-hmm. makes it very hard to ever sell it um, and, and get acquired and do all the things that we teach in Action Mavens about how you need to build a winning team and how you need to set yourself up for a merger and acquisition um, one day. But then there's the other brands that we talk about like yours where it's, you're really truly in a way a, an influencer um, and an artist, right? In, in a different way, um, I, I would say so. The, the thing is, like, the places that we're known doesn't grow followerships in that way. Okay. So, like, we started on Reddit. We're definitely most well-known and shared on Reddit. So, like, my, my email list is 10 times larger than my social media following. And um, not, not that it's necessarily active, but... Um, in, in that's deceiving. I mean, I, I play a very, uh, I, I express myself through every channel that I can and I don't try and appease the, the yeah. audience. Okay. So I, I break the code on a lot of like the formulas of what you should do. Um, that, that said, there are baseline things, especially in 2019, that especially people who are a little more daring should be aware of, especially if you're like more rebellious in nature, should be aware of is that the content that you're feeding into the system, I'll specifically say like email service providers, they now have multiple filters and, and middlemen in between them dictating what you should or should not say. and None of that is actually transparent. Mm-hmm. So knowing what is available of how to play that right and how to s- set yourself up so that you're you're checking all of the like email authentication check marks for mm-hmm. deliverability is so important because it when you get on the wrong side of these automated formulas, the machine learning, it is like it, it is an easy way to get destroyed. Right. Um, so the the balance between standing out and playing by the system, playing by the rules, is one to definitely, like, test and understand. Tell us a little bit about um, how you got started. What led you to starting Shirt With Cash? Um, what was your background before that? I, let's see, uh, I mean, I tend to start the story actually with EverQuest when I was a little kid. Fun. Just because I, uh, it, it was such a magical world, and we were in these guilds of like hundreds of people um, that it really painted what online community could be. And I didn't know what a golden era that was on online. And um, I've kind of carried that forward. So I've, I was a, in, in extension of things like that, like as a Redditor, I'm a little more pseudo-anonymous, online community-oriented. And um, I started the company from some posts on Reddit. So that that, w- that was almost six years ago. And how you, you always have to be looking for what is the opportunity, where, where are people who, where, where's the excitement um, for your day and time? So like unbeknownst to even myself necessarily because I was I was pretty early entrepreneur at that point I had like probably like four startups before that 
another another one of my mantras is just uh, take the biggest risk. If you're committed on this, take the biggest risk that is afforded to you at all times. And just learn because all your ignorances are going to get uh, weeded out and the next risk that you take will be more likely to succeed. But um, I, so I started on Reddit and it actually was welcomed. So like memes weren't really on Facebook yet um, at that point. And we combined memes with clothes really for the first time. Um, outside of that, we were also really early on this on-demand cut and sew all over print thing that has really taken uh, music festivals like by storm specifically uh, really like right after we started it almost so that technology just became available plus we had a community of people helping us determine what memes to put on clothes and from from there it's just like figuring out how to make it work um and it, it grew really fast for two or three years without too much, like, there, there's also this, like, risk of growing too easy, like, too fast, too easy. And um, especially if you're an early entrepreneur, and especially if you're not, like, an organized person by nature, or if you're more creative by nature, um, you, you accrue all of these overlooked issues that it sounds like your guys' podcast is actually trying to address some, um, that it would be better to... So, so like, now, now that I'm re... I, I've repositioned what I'm trying to do over this last year, and I'm being very thorough um, in a lot of respects just because having having the right situation and processes and all of that is is preliminary for you to succeed in other ways so if if you if you succeed if you find something that has a product market fit or whatever it is and you don't have your ducks in a row properly and you don't have like you, you you aren't setting the standards almost like that that's almost the definition of the entrepreneur's real role throughout time is setting standards and holding it and um, and uh, like it just it starts with all this other stuff <laughs> all these a, puzzle pieces big, yeah they it's all a have big long process they all have to fit together and it's like this big massive journey and and one thing leads to another thing and it just takes you down this path yep. delisa was talking about it earlier um and it's something for all those aspiring entrepreneurs out there you have an idea you're ready to launch you're still thinking about it it's something to keep in mind for sure mm-hmm how long ago did you start Shirt with Cash? Almost six years. Congratulations on that. That's amazing. Yeah, so far so <laughs> good, I guess. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, you're you're doing a great job. You've had some amazing success so far. It's something to, to be excited cool about. What's been cool with e-commerce, too, is like, so I started it when I was like 20, 25, maybe. And um, there, there were times, because e-commerce is kind of like a snowball 
either have the snowball rolling or you don't have the snowball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you have the snowball rolling, so let's say you overlooked some problem that requires you to f- let go of all your friends and things of that nature, um, e-commerce has afforded me the ability to, f- like, t- uh, Tim Ferriss the business, like, twice. Cool. And just, like, take time to sort my shit out. <laughs> <laughs> like. That's a nice thing. Um, you know, a lot of businesses, they get in way over their heads. And we talk through that, too, in our in our courses with some experts. They'll sign massive leases for way too long, and they don't get to hit pause or change things around, and they're locked in, and they're stuck, and then it fails. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of flexibility with e-commerce. Yeah, I'm, I'm a major proponent of e-commerce at this point because you're directly providing value somewhere. And someone's not going to pay you unless you're benefiting them in mm. some way. That mm-hmm. is, and everything is profitability based. So, like, with and I've had startup background. I'm in Austin, Texas now. There's quite a startup scene going on there, and it's just like we're we're really trained to to think of things as due dates and whatnot. But the reality is much more like a like the snowball Mm. um and i like that e-commerce is always where can i make money where can i like differentiate myself you know all, all these different aspects that when you raise money or you're trying to raise money it's like due dates like i have to get all these check these check marks uh, so that we look this certain way. I have to talk to these certain people. And even if I get a check, then I only have so much runway until due date for the next um, investment round comes. And uh, I like that e-commerce keeps you thinking towards growth. Yeah, there's and there's a lot of flexibility with it too, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to add a new product or change my model a little bit and and it's a little bit more flexible than you know a service-based business for example (laughs) yeah they they all have their pluses and minuses like i i did the service-based thing in 2018 for crypto companies for as marketing and there's there's something really fun about having the prop projects change and also um like being able to see other people's oversight from a third party position i would even say for people who are like long-term entrepreneurs to open yourself to considering where where can i provide other people value and trying the agency thing if you need a change or you like are looking for what's next and you've been against it just because the amount of insight especially in in like a crypto bubble mm-hmm. of the type of entrepreneurs inside of that was so informative like the the dis the how long teams can go with cognitive dissonance within their their own leadership but it's also most of the things they'll stick out, it's because I've already done that mistake or like um, it, it's like 
especially in crypto, it's like extreme versions of my own problems mm. that got to stick out. And, um, but by, by, by the end of that year, I was ready to, to not be doing my agency thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, five years in business, I've, I've five year review sitting down and seeing all the mistakes that entrepreneurs have made clients of mine that came to us um, after these mistakes are made and, and watching all of those things happen is what led to Action Mavens, and that's how Action Mavens was born. It was how do we prevent these issues in the future because, like you, you know, you see and you learn, mm-hmm. but it is some amazing insight. Like, I hate to say it, watching these these mistakes have led to learning. It was my way of tangible, mm-hmm. hands-on learning and having even an agency partnership that comes in and can give you valuable feedback and outsider's perspective can be valuable sometimes. But you mentioned, um, you mentioned that word and then what that triggered with me was um, what's one thing that you wish that you knew, you wish that someone would have taught you um, before launching your company? Before launching my company, um, just to... So I, I think the thing that I'd wish I'd known earlier was one, how long life is. So some of that's just like a young, young person mistake and, um, and how that impacts the way that you're growing it. Um, al- alternatively, one of the CTOs that I had, uh, he, he got me to think in terms of funnels. So this might be more important for creative people but I think, I think basically any business owner should be able to think in terms of funnels. So every user experience, even every employee, what they're doing, every, everything ends up being funnels and probabilities and steps. And um, the more that you can really s- envision the bigger picture in terms of where these funnels are and where the funnels fill in the next funnel how the end result of one funnel feeds into another one. Um, that is the underlying mechanism that grow that that creates a really successful, uh, particularly e-commerce, I'm sure. It, but uh, I even like a sales channel or th- things of that nature. Yeah. So you had mentioned that most of your success came from Reddit before Reddit was really a thing. Um, are you open to sharing with us a couple of your tactics? Yeah. Um, in in 2019, things would be much different, of I would say. Because, yeah. like, back then, I – so, like, I actually used to partner up with moderators. And I actually think this is still a good tactic. So – for for my podcast, there's like more fringy type subreddits that I'm into, so I'm actually reaching out to the moderators to be a guest on our podcast, with the assumption I'll probably be able to post the the podcast on there. Okay. So, I think there there's good ways to like work with leadership in that way. Otherwise, initial success stories just dominate Reddit. So. Everyone wants to see an initial success. Everyone wants to be part of that initial success. Um, I've kind of noticed that there's there's almost like three three like cr- 
buckets that you could be in is like one, no one's ever really heard of you and people will support your posts way more if they're genuine. And, and that can take you to the front page. That can take you to multiple front pages. Um, and then there's also a point at which you're like Doritos where there, there's subreddits that are, that are um, built around calling out shilling of mm. that kind. But you're so big that no one cares. Reddit wouldn't care. any Admin wouldn't care anyways. You're just like so big they wouldn't think you'd be like that or you're, you're just part of pop culture at that point. Um, and then there's like this middle ground where I'd say it's much better to take that long-term approach and don't don't like annoy the wrong people. Mm. Um, so I actually think there's good uh, versions for each stage. So if you're in a more corporate one, like kind of spam away <laughs> like, for real. Okay. Um, and they're aware too. Yeah. So if if you're new, find the subreddit that would actually support you, and like it it helps if you have a legitimate account. And because people check those sort of things. But um, in, in the beginning, there there's so many subreddits that you really could post for feedback of what you're doing. And um, and if it's a consumer product like that can go to the front page. I, I still see it. Um, if you if you're a little more established than in small business in the middle of it, I would take a long-term approach with every subreddit that you your audience might be in and um and and that has constant opportunities as well once you're entrenched and this can come in many forms so like on our cars car the car subreddit is very active it's actually like a really awesome community and some of the youtubers end up getting so if, if you're creating content, some of the YouTubers end up getting beloved by different subreddits. Theirs is a great example where every time you're going to post content, it's going on that subreddit and people support it. Mm. So that's a very long-term relationship, okay. symbiotic um, way way to do that. And then even in other, in other ways, like even if you're in fashion, you can reach out to the moderators of subreddits you might be on. If you're not a fit, they'll they'll ignore you or let you know. But um, if you are and you start approaching it and you're like humble, more or less, then you'll be allowed to post on their subreddit, and that that's. I think I think it's better to be on the content side mm. when it comes to Reddit, like. Um, your audience is much bigger. The direct sales is like not something that you can build a company on long term because the internet's run by advertisements now. Mm. So even when I started Shirt Was Cash, one of the big changes is that everyone's eyeballs go to just two different advertising entities where there there was tons of websites when we first started that people are still going to. And so now you, you really have to learn the, the Facebook advertising and, and everything game. And unless you can create a popular YouTube channel, have that be your, your funnel, 
But then even if you did that, I would still recommend now figuring out the, the Facebook ads and stuff. Yeah, and they're tough too. Like entrepreneurs trying to tackle it on their own unless they have a lot of time to understand the Facebook algorithm and the psychology behind what converts. Um, it's literally just trial and error at that point. Um, for, for e-commerce, it's like finding every e-commerce community that does exist and even podcasts and really staying on top of all of the changes as they come. Mm -hmm. And once, once you have that momentum and like underlying base of knowledge, then it, again, it's like a snowball. So like you, you, you really can stay on it. And I've seen people make careers out of that. Um, so it's, it's really just like making sure you have the right information feeds specific to like e-commerce in this regard. Okay. So you mentioned funnels um, and Reddit and all of this stuff, and, and you shared with us some of the things that you wish that you had known before starting. Um, one final question, aside from our, our standard end of podcast now, we've, we've officially decided. <laughs> podcast number two, we're going to do the, the cups at the end. Um, is there any piece of information or just insight being a, an e-commerce founder and having such a successful business that you'd want to leave all of our listeners with? And then also please plug your website. Yeah, it, it would be just stop listening to everyone and go. And like stop, stop. Like th there's structurally, there's a lot of places to learn like we started with. But in general, um, no one knows what they're doing. Like once you really understand that no one knows exactly what they're doing, people just want to accrue around someone who is interesting and makes decisions and mm -hmm. ideally is moral, then what, what, once you can build within yourself the confidence that that is who you are and your intentions hopefully are are clear and positive, then just, just go because no one... No one can really tell you where the success is, and success usually comes from randomness. Yeah. It's a lot of trial and error, sure. Especially in different niches being so niche. You know, well, when you're starting something new that nobody's ever really seen before, you can't expect to follow. Al alternatively, though, like, a lot a lot of re really, like, all of us, for the most part, whether you're e-commerce or startups, you're, like, trying to come up with something really clever to to grow a company and if you want to take a no risk approach to doing it just figure out look look at look at the income statement of a business and what industries there are and pick one that has a bunch of baby boomers at the at the head of that industry look on their income statement at where what might interest you or where you could save them money or do better and like these service-based industries whether it's accounting finance uh, IT things of this nature these industries have so few good characters and young people and create creating companies mm. every single person that I know that creates a company that services a income statement in that regard uh, they are the ones buying houses so, <laughs> so, so there, there's much more, if you're looking for like a safer path, if you're, 
if you're not like trying to be a wild entrepreneur or whatever, which I am, so <laughs> I, sucks for me. <laughs> but um, like, uh, if if you're just looking to get into honors entrepreneurship, I like those paths. Those are like white collar versions. There's another uh, whole new philosophy that uh, a f- now kind of friend of mine has started um, putting out there. It's kind of blown up. It's called uh, Sweaty Startups. And I like Sweaty Startups where it's just like all the stuff people don't want to do as we, as we become more modern, mm-hmm. whether it's landscaping, maids, but it gets very niche too, like medical supply removal, stuff okay. like that. All these sweaty startups are growing as cities grow and like smart people can can probably you don't even have to be smart. Like <laughs> it you just have to work hard. Yeah. It's a need there's a need and and um they're monetizing it. There, right? Yeah, there's so many different types of entrepreneurship that I think it's just like knowing what you're trying to get out of life and um, making sure that you are looking in the right directions. Cool. So you mentioned your podcast, so I want you to plug that and um, let everybody know your website so they can go check you out. Yeah. So the podcast is Beyond the Fringe, and that is just trying to explore different ideas. Um, And my website is Shirt Was Cash is difficult to say but it's like uh that shirt was cash that shit was cash but with shirt and uh sadly that is the play on words i was 25 when i love it when it's I made fun it. it's fun they're cash fun, they're, f- yeah. they're fun shirts but my my aunt was like <laughs> she always thought that it was so clever because th- her, your money you used to have cash but now you have a shirt shirt was cash yeah i never thought oh that's that okay. fun too yeah yeah <laughs> all right so one fun little thing that we do at our podcast is we bring in our favorite mugs we also bring a ton of mugs for our podcast guests to choose from tell our podcast guests since they can't see you right now which mug you chose and why i chose the mad hatter um I've dressed up as the Mad Hatter for Halloween before, but um, it, it definitely it definitely draws me in this sort of bohemian potential. Very cool. I dig it. Love it. Well, thank you cool. so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely.